And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Blanchard. How's everybody doing tonight? This is The Shootout. I'm your host, Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard. And we are here at the Evanstown Center Park. And I got a very special guest tonight. It is my honor and privilege. It's even a thrill to be talking to this man. This man has been a legend in the Columbia County CSRA area. I know him personally. He's been a good friend of mine. He's been a good trainer of mine. He's talking a lot about the business. And tonight, I want to welcome you guys now. He's been multiple times former world heavyweight champion. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Justin Chambers. What's up, partner? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, fine, boss, man. You know, this, this is the shootout. We're doing a damn good wrestling show here. I've had a few good shows already. And, you know, people seem to love it. You know, it, it's giving guys a chance to, you know, let some things out of here. We're here to reminisce, talk about some good times and some good matches and everything. You know, and I want, I want to start things out here. You know, when I first came back from Afghanistan in 2004, yeah. you know, me and, you know, Matt Spirit, Jay Garganis, although he, he didn't wear a mask, um, <laughs> we, 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 um, <laughs> I had this big debate about wrestling real and sports entertainment, pro wrestling and stuff. I was the real guy, you know oh, yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And we booked a match between, you know, you and David Clark. Now, my memory tells me this. You and Clark wanted to uh, have something to prove to each other. Now, obviously, physically, you're no match for him. But, nah. man, you guys came up with a ladder match first and only real ladder <laughs> match, man. Let's talk about that match, dude. Uh, well, I mean... It- what, was it the, the smartest thing in the world to do? Uh, no, <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, I at the time probably weighed about 120 soaking wet, and David was pushing about, I don't know, 250, 260. Something like that. Yeah, yeah he could probably, his, his palms were the size of, you know, frying pans. Not the smartest thing in the world, but I had something to prove, I guess. What was the strategy? Um, I mean, it's basic ladder rules match. You up there trying to the well, Strategy was to figure out some way to pretty much just let him let me get the belt. I mean, pretty much that that's what it was. Uh, it was either somehow incapacitating him to a point to where I could get up the ladder. I mean, we didn't have a wrestling ring back then. You guys are wrestling, you know, on pure hard Georgia ground, okay? And I, I saw you, you know, David pretty much dared you to climb the ladder. You let down him. I'm thinking, he's not going to do it. Oh, my God, he's doing it. You're climbing the ladder. And I'll see you get to the top. David walks through and grabs you and throws you and slams you on that ground. That ground is not give, dude. Well, what were you thinking? <laughs> like I said, young and dumb, man. Young and oh, man. dumb. How old were you back then? Uh, I may have been 19, maybe 19, 20. 19. I know I wasn't able to drink yet, <laughs> but I think after that match, I still had a couple just to get rid of the little bit of the pain I had. I mean, my back still feels it to this day. <laughs> now, I have made, in my submission career, I have made a lot of guys tap out. I mean, I submitted. You know, this guy, the first time they feel pain, they tap. They tap to the back. It's over. You did not. You know, although there was no submission involved in this match, David Clark got you in some type of freak Boston crab move where your foot touched the back of your shoulder blades. I mean, he probably bit you in half like a, like, like a bow would, but worse. <laughs> and you were just screaming. But you weren't you weren't tapping, man. That's a lot of heart, dude. Well, scrap that pain, man. Well, here's here's the thing: when you get to a point where you don't even feel pain anymore, right, right. So once, pretty much about halfway into that freak Boston crab, I didn't feel no more pain. Wow. <laughs> I kind of went numb. Wow. Uh, I was probably almost uh, paralysis. 
<laughs> wow, paralysis. I, I know the mask got tossed out. You oh, know, yeah. me oh, and yeah. me and you know, match for Jake Gargantus, although he didn't wear a mask, had been falling out about it because he, he threw the match out. Chance for the real matches. You know, I, I know, dude. I know, dude. But you know, um, you know, we're gonna move forward here a little bit here. You know, you've had some damn good matches in your career that I personally witnessed. You yeah. know, and I think the first matchup, personally, that I saw, I think it was in um. 2005, I just was getting ready to come out in Marine Corps full-time, right? And I went to, uh, you know, the FCW arena show in Harlem. Uh-huh. It was Fallon's house. You were the FCW heavyweight champion. Uh, oh, I think yeah. you were known as Justin Sprewell. Yeah, Sprewell. And you were taking on the American Nightmare 6. Oh, God. And it was like a buried alive kind of match. I mean, I saw some, I mean, it was a damn good fight, it was, it was, but the crowd was insane. Yeah, it was a, it was a uh, casket match. What, yeah. what was your thought about that and your run as a champion back then? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, when you get an opportunity to, you know, do something as far as, you know, trying to you know, carry a company, I mean, you have to do everything possible that you can to represent that company to the fullest. And uh, at the mo- at the point that I was at that moment, I thought I was doing it. They gave me an opportunity to, you know, hold a belt. Uh, I took full advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, I went against the <laughs> American Nightmare 6, which is – pretty scary at at the moment you know and uh i mean that's probably one of my favorite uh individuals to ever go against was uh was six uh at, no, when you say that is that like he was the best one to work with in the ring oh he was he was great to work in the ring if you know in my in my opinion if if i had to you know say all the guys that i've gone against that I enjoyed so much to actually get in there between because of the chemistry, you know, me being at the time kind of like a uh, a white boy who thought he was black, you know. Right, right. Uh, and this man who just, I mean, came straight out of the pits of hell pretty much. Uh, it, I mean, you know, the two, the, two, the two egos never fit. So to actually be in that match, to actually get the opportunity to work with him over all the years that we did work, and then, and of course he went on to you know be a awesome indie guy, uh, and yeah, he's one of the top in the southeast. If I remember standing. God, he, he's he's probably one of the best. But uh, I mean, that was that was a night that I will never forget. Uh, I personally, you know. We got to that. We got to the casket, and we're going against each other. And we're doing the, and then I can't remember who came out uh, to set the casket on fire. But uh, I remember. I think it was that guy that called Chains. Chains made his debut. Oh yeah, that my bad. it he was, was going it, to try to set him on fire. It was strange. It was strange. But uh, he set it on fire after the match. You know. They put in the fire out. We opened up, and he's not there. Wow. So, I think it was like, I can't remember how long it was. Uh, we kept getting, you know, these videos. Yeah, No yeah. one knew who it was. And see, before all this, you know, six never wore a mask. Right. You know, everybody knew who he was and everything. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes back, long dreads, figured face and I want to say the first thing he did was take my throat in his hand and drive me all the way to hell 
Damn. That was <laughs> but, a quick ride to hell there, wasn't it? Yeah, but like I said, man, six, one of the greatest competitors I've ever gone against. Now, you've had some other good matches in there, I think. I want to bring this person up to you. Talk about some of your best matches. I know you guys had some big crowd reactions. Everywhere you went, tore the house down. You had a good run with uh, Draven. Oh, God. You know, and FCWN and AWF and other promotions as well, I think. Draven, uh, Draven gave me my first uh, match uh, back in the day. I think it was uh, 2002, 2003, 2003, somewhere around there. Yep, yep. He gave me my first match ever. And uh, to this day, uh, I, I appreciate everything he ever did for me. Uh, he, he made me shine. I, I did my best to make him shine. Outstanding, dude. And, I mean, if, if, I, if I had to say six was my number one, Draven's my number two. The simple fact was that there's chemistry, right, plain and right, simple. Right. Um, like it's just like six. He went on to be one of the top guys in Indy. Um, he's still doing it. Um, you know, I'm not going. You know, I'm not going to drop names because that's not the way I do. But uh, Draven. I mean, if you if you can figure out who he is, then all I gotta say is you know. Awesome guy, top-notch talent, uh, humble guy, really is. Uh, man, I, I mean, I do miss some days with him, but he's in a better place now, and that's 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 all that really matters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I tell you what, boss man, you know, not a whole lot of respect has been thrown around in Russell World and everything. I'm pretty sure those guys are gonna appreciate that and everything. But uh, we can talk about another good rivalry you had. It's one of my all-time personal favorite rivalries, and you know, as a fan uh, watching, you know, you know, I love the chemistry you guys had. You guys brought something to the table, and that you had a damn good feud with uh, you know, James Houston. You know, one one of the best hardcore. Legends of all time ever competed in AWF oh, personally. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, he's crazy, sadistic. You're <laughs> one of the best technical wrestlers that we had. When you guys put you guys together, man, we had to, the fans were going to something special that night. I had pink you know. pink slip on the pole. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I remember that. Uh, Justice for Your Worlds versus at the time John Houston. John Houston. Yeah, I believe it was John Houston at the time. Uh, James's uh, twin brother. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, there's two of them. Uh, but yeah, uh, I had a belt on the line. I had my career on the line. Uh, to this day, I still see him, and to this day, he still cusses me for uh, driving a ladder between his legs. Uh, <laughs> most much respect to that man. Really much respect to that man. Probably one of the hardest. Hits I've ever taken on top of my head. Uh, probably the hardest hits I've ever taken with a chair, table, thumbtacks, anything he could freaking find. Wow, he pretty much uh, answered <laughs> a lot of questions. And now I'm about to say, what was the hardest thing you ever took in the ring? Was uh, it from that man right there? Uh, let me think. The hardest thing I ever took in a ring would probably be a shovel by him. Yes, yes. Wow, he, he hit a me. Shovel. He hit me in the head with a shovel. Uh, did I he think, ever hit you with a kitchen sink? I think we did have a kitchen No, he didn't hit me with a kitchen sink. He hit somebody else with a kitchen oh, sink. Oh, he hit me with a kitchen sink, yeah. yeah. Kendo sticks was his thing, oh, man. His, his thing, man. I, I, 
I think I still Our have Rush of the Sandman, man. I thought you did it better personally. <laughs> Every time I hear that damn the song, it scares man. the shit out of me. You know, really God, does. I can't wait to bring this up with him one day. I remember one time he got in the ring at Halloween uh, Massacre 2004. He took on Chris's protege. What was it called? Grunge? Chris oh, Jr. Yeah. Knocked yeah. him out. One yeah. shot to them, boom! And they said, "Man, this dude is out, man." That was just sick. That, that's that's him, man. You know, I mean, I've known him for years and years and years and years. I mean, and uh, I mean that may be why we had a little bit of chemistry. I mean, because we knew each other. We knew, knew each, each other, other could, you know, what, the the lengths that we would take it. Uh, we knew how far to push it and how far not to push it. But I mean, well, let me, let me ask you this question now. Now, going in, I think in two thousand nine, you know, you were wrestling. I think you were still wrestling as JC the Georgia Boy. Yeah. You know, uh, you came back to the Adrenaline Wrestling Foundation or American Wrestling Federation, whatever you want to call it, what was being called at the time. Yeah. And you were trying to give back, and I do appreciate it. You were trying to help the promotion. We're preparing for a tenth anniversary, celebrating ten years of AWF, and you picked an opponent. Who I think you had another good chemistry with, you know. Granted, he wasn't as he he didn't have uh, John or James Houston strength or brutality, but he could take a beating, and he's been known <laughs> through the years to take a beating. And you had one hellacious match with Christopher Dickens, man. Talk about let's talk about that match. Dedication, first dedication we did in two thousand nine. Uh, Dicky is a glutton for punishment. Uh, like like I like I said with, before about me and Houston, we knew how far we could take it, how far not to take it. The thing is with Dicky, you don't know how far you can take it because Dicky can take almost anything possible. He, he took a center block brick and busted his knee with it. I mean, well, here's the thing, Dicky. Loves this, loves this business. He's yeah. going gonna to do everything possible to make this business better. He's going to do everything possible to make somebody shine. That's why Dicky is probably one. He may not be the greatest technical wrestler, high flyer, submission artist. He may never be one of those. But you know what? If you know you're going to get in a match with him, you know that you're going to shine because he's going to make you look like gold. Exactly. That's what he's um, famous for. Plain and simple, he's probably one of the greatest uh, helpers in, in – all of the CSRA. I mean, he, like I said, he can make you shine. He he knows all the technical film editing. All he, I mean, that's what he is. He's he's a great guy, and, and anybody that has him in the company know that they're going to get uh, a plus uh, attitude, a plus product from him. Like I say, he may not be the greatest wrestler in the world, but you know that. If he's in a match, he's doing your videos, he's doing your vignettes, anything, you're going to get top-notch quality. Damn straight, boss man. I could have said it better myself. Now, I'm going to pick a brand here a little bit here. Now, you talked a good amount of respect for the ones that, you know, helped got you into the business, you know, had some good matches when you guys will learn your craft together. You know, but now you, you, you reached a point in your career, you're ready to give back. We met a bunch of other young guys. They're called the Alba Crew. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, you, you were trying to train some of them oh, yeah. by teaching some respect. Yeah. Now, me and you were in the back. I want you to talk. I want you to tell this story about what respect is. Now, we was in the back. We was getting ready. I don't know if it was a tag match or whatnot. One of these new kids, I think his name was Glenville, was trying to tell me, hey, my character doesn't tap out. And you immediately cut him off. He put him in his place. Tell us, tell us how you did that, man. Well, here's the thing. In anybody, anybody, and I'm not saying that I'm a veteran. Yes. I'm, I'm just, I've been in the company. I've seen how it's, you know, how it's ran and, you know, how you should uh, uh, uphold yourself while right, you're in right. the locker room, whatever. Um, for a new guy to come in and say, well, I don't do this, I don't do that, that will get you hurt, plain yeah. and simple. Um, now, if you don't feel comfortable doing something, 
fine. You work way around it. But when you go up to somebody who you consider in your eyes as a veteran and say, oh, my, my character doesn't tap out. Okay, well, he's going to tap out tonight. Exactly. Playing something. Exactly. Because you don't you, you don't run the company. You have you have people writing storylines. You have people who are booking the matches that have a plan for you. If the plan is that your character doesn't tap out, that's that's the plan. If your character is supposed to be as soon as you get touched, you tap out. That's your pl- that's the plan. Exactly. You don't tell somebody what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Plain and simple. It's called respect. It's called earning uh, what you have, paying your dues. And when he did that, that just—I mean—that took him from pretty much an all right guy to a piece of shit. I mean, well, I mean you know, you handle that as a professional. I mean, I, I've seen guys that done way more worse. I mean, I—I—I can't have problem seeing this guy's name on the year. You know. Uh, Matt Cruz, when we were training with WFJ, if you question anything that happened in the ring, expect to get ten chops in the chest. Oh yeah, you oh, know, yeah. you don't, you don't walk up and say, "Oh, by the way, I don't tap out." Oh, really? You know? Well, I mean, you, know, you, you pay your dues and everything. And, and play simple, crew, Matt Cruz, awesome guy. Oh yeah, man, I've phenomenal. Been, you know, I, I worked with him, I trained with him. Great guy, really great guy. And it's just you know how people, you know, some people ten chops, some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're going to be running for 30 days, for, you know, five miles. Some people just keep you talking. Yeah. Some people cuss you out. I mean, it's just how you want to handle it. Plain and simple. I mean, that's how it is. But I'm not saying some new guy who's been, been doing this two weeks and other new guy comes in. No, you, you don't worry about how to handle stuff. You're still learning. Exactly. Exactly. You never stop learning in this business. Nobody does. It doesn't matter if they're in the top in WWE, whatever. You will never stop learning in this business. Well, boss man, you've had a lot of highs and lows in your career and everything, and you've definitely shocked the wrestling world, at least on the AWF side of things. I remember, you know, I'm not to trying to bring up bad history and everything, but right, you know, no, I've, I've, I've always said, you know, the worst thing AWF ever did was inject Dale Sherrill. I knew you were yeah, say yeah. I'm sorry, boss. Man. It's a shootout, <laughs> I'm, and, and we're letting everything out the table here. You know, a lot of respect and everything. You did something that myself, Chris, and uh, you know, Matt Fred, Jake Gargantz, all he didn't wear a mask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did not. Uh, he flat out, you know, didn't, didn't know. No one saw it coming. People call this. This could be a considered compliment. You know, maybe at the moment it might piss a lot of people off. But you know, you oh, got yes. a lot of people looked up to you. You got a lot of average crew, like the rookies. The fans we had there, you know, looked up to you. You were basically what Hulk Hogan was. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, you basically pulled a no Hulk sex Hogan. Tape, no sex tape. Ah, no sex tape. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. But you know, you you um did a spot. You know, I think because I mean, me personally, you know, these Dale sure about these indie guys and they are going to show these these AWF guys who they thought glorified renegade wrestlers how to wrestle and how to how to, how to do business and everything. And I was counting on you and Houston to take the fight to him. You know, I was busy, you know, I was the heavyweight champion at the time. Yeah. I was ready to defend my belt, you know, against, against Houston, against a few other guys. I wasn't even worried about what was going on then there. And then you did something that just shocked the wrestling world, man. Let's well, tell it. What did you do exactly? Even Chris Dickens said, well, that son of a bitch. Well, Hell, Jake Argan's got his damn bag. He's not ready to well, freaking leave. Let's, let's see. Who was I? In the, I, I remember it was me. Uh-huh. Uh, Ken Lee, I think, was in that match. Really? Okay. Cool. I do. Uh, I do think he was in that match. I do. Um, and I cannot remember. I think there was a tag match. 
I think it was uh, I think it was Kenley and Cheryl. That's who I think they were tagging. And it was me, and I cannot remember who the other person was. But I pretty much stabbed my partner in the back. And yep. as I got onto the turnbuckle, I took my shirt off, and under that shirt was a uh, AWA shirt. And wow. <laughs> I pretty much told AWF where they could take their uh, title and everything. And I pretty much did a, a little bit of a Shane Douglas, and, you know, pretty much like he told the NWA, I told AWF they can kiss my ass. <laughs> well, what, what was the reason why, though? What, what was your motivation behind this whole thing? You really want to know? I mean, I go ahead. Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, AWF was very bland. Uh-huh. The event was very bland. Um, so, what do you do to get ratings? You have to do a shock and awe. Uh, it's kind of like when Shawn Michaels uh, super kicks Marty Jannetty. It's kind of like when Stone Cold stuns Vince McMahon. It's something you don't see happening. Hulk Hogan coming out NWO. Chopping a left, chopping savage. Nobody didn't see it coming. There you go. Nobody didn't see it coming. You build up on something, and me and Dale talked about this for months before. Right, they right, happened. right. You build something up to a point where. If it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen. Right, right. Perfect time. You had the next match was a heavyweight title match. One thing I've always been taught is go out there, steal the show, be better than anybody else. Anybody following me, anybody before me, when they see that match, see that event, all they're going to remember is fucking damn Chambers, damn screw job though. It sure I don't think that's ever happened in AWL. I don't remember ever happening in any other promotion at that time period. At that time, you definitely made a lot of headways, man. When you talk about stealing the show, when you talk about, man, make it a freak out, make it a pop. I mean, I, you were AWL champion time. Later on this, I think the same year, um, you know, Oz Knight had entered the AWF. He was booked in the match to challenge the AWF champion at the time, Night Stalker, right? Mm-hmm. You're the AWF champion, supposed to defend the against James Houston. Now, for medical reasons, Oz had to leave the show all of a sudden. Houston, for some reason, could not show up. I think he hurt his hand at work. Mm-hmm. You know, so then all of a sudden, he got booked in a match. Champion versus champion. Yeah. You were the AWA champion taking on AWF heavyweight champion. Yep. Now, keep in mind, the crowd there was, was restless. Who was AWF champion? AWF champion, Night Stalker. Nice talker. Okay. He was a champion, the defending okay. champion. And you were the defending AWA champion. That's right. You know, and, and you want to talk about a dead crowd. The people were just pretty much begging, like, hurry up, end the show, we're done. Because, you know, Dale Sharon and Jamie Cruz, I'm not trying to disrespect that match. I think they tried. You know, they just they stunk up the place. The crowd, the, the people weren't buying it, okay? Yeah. Then you had a fatal four-way hardcore match, and Chris Dickens and Josh and Glenn Bell, and I can't remember who the other person was. They were trying to get the crowd into it. They weren't having it. They were just so ready to just leave. They're just like, come on, hurry up and go. When you and I start got to that ring, you know, you know, I was uh, announcing that match, and I was really like trying to get the crowd into this thing, you know. And when you and Houston, when you and uh, Houston, I'm sorry, when you and Nine Stalker, not Bell Run, y'all was in a Texas death match. And oh, I yeah. see a lot of Texas death matches in my day, but man, my friend, nothing even come close to the match you guys had. Man, <laughs> tell me his experience in that match. Because you know, I, I remember you get slammed through a liar, you get hit with chairs, y'all, y'all were going all over the place. I ain't trying to overtalk you, man, but it was kind of like, you, you, you're thinking, okay, you're about out of gas. And all of a sudden, you and, you and I started like Superman. I mean, like, when the crowd gets to it, man, y'all were just bumping, that, y'all were flipping. That, right I mean, that was just, what, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That way, what you said, crowd gets into it. I mean, plain and simple, if the crowd's dead, 
you're going to get dead. If the crowd's into it, you're going to do everything possible to push yourself harder and harder yeah. to, you know, give them what they want. Um, me and Night Stalker, I mean, plain and simple, we went out there. We knew it was going to be a Texas death match. And we said, you know what? Look, look, look. We're the last match. Everybody's dead. Let's just, let's just go crazy. Plain and simple. Let's just go crazy. Um, a lot of that was on the on the ball. Boom, let's do this. Boom, let's do this. All right, now, boom, let's do this. I mean, that's it's pretty much luck. And as you saw, we had another one because some odd reason that got lost. Well, this is my personal opinion. No, no, Christopher was in charge of the camera that night. You know, I got on the microphone. I immediately after this match, and I bruised two egos so bad that they oh, were yeah. so upset, want to get in the ring and try to wrestle. Because I got on the microphone. I mean, the crowd was screaming. They were chanting. They were saying, "We want more." Y'all got a standing ovation. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got on the microphone. I said, "We just witnessed the greatest wrestling match in the history of AWF by far." It was far better because if you could take, if you had, if you had the kind of skills to take a dead crowd who was just begging to just, just, just end this thing and leave to get them chanting, we want more, we want more. They were going ballistic. Both, you guys both are winners of that match. Both of y'all oh, yeah. raising respective belts, you know, and, you know, and, and Chris Dickens and Matt Spear and Jay Garganis, although he didn't wear a mask, <laughs> you know, just, just, was just, they were hurt when I said that, man. They were highly upset. You know, Chris kept trying to tell me, well, it might be the greatest match in Masker history. And, you know, and just like, well, that didn't beat Annihilation. You can't say stuff like that. No, nah, dude, I'm telling you. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm humble that you think that way. And, you know, if people think there's another match, hey, that's their opinion. That's their opinion. It's um, America, United States. God me, God bless it, but damn it, me, man. To me, that's probably one of my top matches. I'm not going to say it's the top match because oh, I've had oh, a lot of great matches. You've had a lot of great matches in your career. And, you know, they may not be the top match, but it's one of the top matches for me and my starker try to do it again. It's just, I don't know. It didn't happen like it should have gone. Uh Real soon, I think uh, we may have another one. I don't know. It, it could happen. And we're going to try to do it again. I think some matches just like once in a lifetime. Oh, some, yeah. matches, some matches you just can't duplicate. My whole track. Something special happened that night. Oh, yeah. And it, and, it, and it was a beautiful matchup. You know, and speaking of beautiful matches, you've had a lot of great oh. matches in your career. You've been a good trainer. But, um,. One of the last shows that the AWF did. Now, AWF is not 100% shut down yet. I think, you know, there's talks of them trying to bring it back, you know. But if AWF, before I talk about the last match, if the AWF was to come back and start doing shows, because you're still a champion. Yeah. You know, would you come back and defend? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, the last show I remember saw that I watched, the only time we had a big, big crowd reaction. I do apologize for the sirens, man. Oh, you know, cool. I should get a little extended time for this. But anyways, I saw the match you had with a rookie. You know, it reminded oh. <laughs> me of your younger self. And the fact is, once again, we had a crowd that was there who was, you know, they were gelling into it, though, you know. But you had a great matchup with Caleb Stuval, an upcoming guy. You know, and, I, and I, I'm going to tell you something about this particular match, man. Um, It was my idea. I booked yeah. this match, okay? I saw something in Caleb, and I think about Caleb, it reminded me of the words that Rick Flair used to say about Sting. He's young, he's hungry, he's humble, he wants to learn. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he kept asking questions, wanting to learn, and he did everything he would tell this man to do in training. Everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, my God. So I thought, you know what? 
I just got done watching um, a match, you know, for the first Clash of Champions, Stig and Ric Flair, yeah. the Broadway match. And I thought, you oh, know yeah. what? <laughs> I think Caleb Stavall, the little experience he had, but I, I had that much respect for you because if anybody could pull this off, it would be you, my friend. Our. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. The Broadway match, well, if you call that it. match was – it was a great match. Um, I want to say that was his third match. Yeah, third world match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he had two, he had had two with Oz Knight. And the match he won against Oz Knight, I think the Halloween Mask earned him the right to challenge you at Remember the Fall, the challenge right. of the championship. And we, we decided to make it an hour. And I don't know how my old ass did it, but I lasted an hour with this young rookie. Uh, who I will say has furthered his transference. I think what's it called? WWE Four is what I think they're called. Yeah, WWE Four, something like that. WWE Four, I think he's gone and trained with them, uh, and I'm so freaking happy he's done because he's got so much freaking potential. A lot of potential, a lot uh, of talent, which other promotions didn't even get that I would love to step in the ring with him again, if you know, if he's able to. Um, I would love to do another Broadway with him. I mean, yeah. that's that good. Uh, I think we're still supposed to have. I think we're still supposed to have one, one more match anyway. So hopefully it will happen soon. I hope so too, boss man. I do apologize, man, about this. That's uh, fine. Sirens going in the background. You know, but yeah, we. Hey, I had a good time. You know, reminisce about the show and everything. It's been a good show. You know. Good reminiscence of some of your matches, my friend. But I did this the last couple of shows. I want to do this with you, my friend. I'm going to name off some wrestlers' names. You give me their first thoughts about them. Okay. Okay? Ready for the first one? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. 100% positive. Okay. You ready? I'm going to throw right. it at you. All right. Here he comes. Big Jim from Dead Reckoning. Big Jim? Yeah. Too big. <laughs> what about Wolfgar? Wolfgar. He's got potential. He just has to listen. Yeah. I'll give it out when everything and um, you know, God bless his soul. Bam, Michael Bam. Jones. Uh, what can I say? Bam, Bam, character. Funny simple. character. Funny character. Character. Oh God, my house is probably on fire, about to burn down. And everything. What about what's your? What are your thoughts on uh, you know, mask fury? Jagar Gaines, although he didn't wear a mask. <laughs> he never wore a mask. Never wore a mask. No, nah, uh, Fury. Uh, he's got so much potential. If he would just harness it. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it out, boss man. Kid Cutter, Charlie Anarchy. Ah, uh, uh, what, what can I say? Me and Charlie uh, had a great match. I think it was uh, Manning. Uh, yes, I did. South Carolina. South Carolina, Manning, I South saw Carolina. That match. Uh, plain and simple. My one word for Charlie is uh, Superman. Oh, God, no. And if he if he listens to this, he knows why I say Superman. <laughs> Major Snipes. Major Snipes. Uh, good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Uh, what can I say? Uh, for Night Stalker, plain and simple, humble. What about Daniel E. May? Mastermind. I would say the monopoly mind. Yeah, you know, he's got good business. You know, that I, I man was, is a mastermind. He he took FCW and uh, with some uh, with another person. Right, I'm right. Say because it's just not right. No, that's fine. But, dude. Uh, he great mind for the business. 
really great mind. He went on uh, to Flatline Pro with uh, Chris Wiggins. Yes. And a great, great mind. Uh, well, had a great run. well, Chris Wiggins and his uh, wife, Casey. Yes. Uh, they, they took something that was kind of dying and made it uh, something again. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience and everything. And God bless the promotion yeah. and everyone that worked in it and everything. Um, I want to throw two more names at you. Um, and, and, and it's only because I just remember the past. You know, um, Daniel Pearson. Plain and simple, if it wasn't for Daniel Pearson and his dad, there would have never been a JC to Georgia boy. Yes. Plain yes. and simple. Yes. Um, Daniel Pearson's father. In a weird way, he inspired me to take a name that really didn't mean nothing and give it my all. Uh, Daniel Pearson is probably one of my one of my child childhood friends, and uh, I still, you know, I try to message him still to this day. I mean, Big Kenny will always be, you know, be the reason why I'm known as JC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, boss man. Which is well, how I became Justin Chambers. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, I actually just forgot the last name I was going to give you, but um, oh man. Well, how about this one? Diablo, David Clark, brother, brother. Known him since second grade. Damn, I mean, brother. dang, I, that's my longest friendship I've ever had. Well, brother, what, what what is the future of Justin Chambers? What, what, where do you go from here? Uh, I, I mean, plain and simple, go where I can go. I mean, I'm I'm at a point in my life now where uh, I'm stable, where I can try to go do some other promotions. I'm trying to get into other promotions. Just, uh, you know, do a little traveling, plain and simple. Um, that does not mean that I think that I'm good enough to – you know, go to some of these indie shows. I just want to go to some indie shows to say before I, you know, hang it up to me. I don't think I'm ready to hang it up yet. Uh, before I hang it up, that, you know, I tried one last time before I hung it up. There you go, brother. I can respect that, partner. And, you know, I personally want to take the opportunity and thank you for everything you've done, you know, for the AWS. Yeah, whether, yeah, whether it was good, whether it was bad, it had a purpose behind the madness. You know, some people didn't understand this. And I hope Even it if it was weird. If it was weird, it had a purpose behind the madness, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's all the time we have today. I am Survivor of Pain, Bill Bletcher. This has been the shootout. I want to thank all my sponsors for this particular show. Thank you, Chris Dickens, for Touch My Bass Productions. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Same time, same place. This is the shootout. I'm Bill Blanchard. Y'all have a blessed night.